never know where life is going to take you. Some people know exactly where they want to be and go for it full throttle. Others just stumble upon it organically, and then there are those who just follow their intuition. This is a podcast about reaching your personal best through resilience, motivation, and passion. This is Mark My Words. So today on Mark My Words, I have a really interesting guest who has so much wisdom and so much uh, of a resume on their uh, incredible career. And actually on their bio, it says that they have never worked for anybody. And which is, that blows me away because the only person I've ever heard say anything like that is Jerry Seinfeld. And even he technically worked for NBC. He had his show. So Jessica Dawn Russell, a serial entrepreneur who is a business lady and knows the entertainment business, knows Hollywood, knows more than probably a hundred people put together, I think. And uh, she is here on Mark My Words today. Jessica, welcome to Mark My Words. Thanks for taking time out of your very busy schedule to talk to me. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much, Mark, for asking me. Oh, no problem. I mean, I you put up with my busy schedule, commuting, and somehow <laughs> we made it all work and we got on the schedule. So that's amazing feat for everybody, I guess. Yeah, well, I wanted to make it work and the conversations we've had, I've really enjoyed them. So I'm glad that we're actually making it happen. Yeah, I was starting to wonder if we were actually going to record today. We, we just can't stop talking, which is probably <laughs> good for the purposes of this podcast. Well, yeah, if, if, if the listeners only knew that, you know, we, we have our chit chat and we can't seem to get it together to actually give it to them. But yeah, that's part of the fun. So I, I'm I'm enjoying it and I'm okay. And actually, I took half of the day off. So I was lucky that I had the time today or, you know. It, it's oh, man, you took half the day off just to do this. Boy, we better make this a good one. So, <laughs> so today, obviously, as we talked about, I brought you on to talk about uh, your journey and your plethora of knowledge and experiences as a entrepreneur, which uh, blows my mind every time I go through your bio, even though I keep getting stuck at that never having worked for anybody part. That just is amazing to me because I've worked for so many people. I feel like I've worked for hundreds of people. So that to me is really amazing. And uh, I just want to maybe kick off our conversation talking about that part of it. Because one thing I was thinking about preparing for this conversation 
is, you know, when I was growing up, I had certain dreams and I'm actually living some of those dreams in my own career and have been for quite some time. But, you know, we all tinker around maybe with, you know, technology or if you go back a little further, it becomes a little more, I mean, I guess technology is hands-on, but certainly going back a little further than maybe my childhood gets a little more hands-on, you know, depending on what you're into, whether it was, I don't know, uh, cars maybe, or, you know, that's just a random example. But uh, go, so going into, I guess, just growing up and thinking about your life, mm-hmm. what did you envision doing? Did you envision doing uh, anything like you've done with your life? Oh, God, no. And, you know, I've had so many turns, you know, like a roller coaster up and down with just successes and failures and and trial and error and, you know, bouts of depression and anxiety and everything everybody goes through. Um, To kind of backtrack a little bit, the interesting part of it is, is when I was in my teens and I had to make a choice closer to when I finished high school to go forward to college. At that point, truthfully, it was like, I really wanted to get married to my high school boyfriend and have 2.5 babies that, you know, white picket fence, 1940-ish kind of Ozzy and Harriet world. Oh boy. I never thought that I would get involved with business or so many ventures that I have. Um, I, ironically, after high school, I did break up with that, that boyfriend. If you saw Bull Durham, it was kind of like that. I was um, actually dating somebody. I didn't intend to get into this, but I was dating somebody who was a couple years older than me, and he was in college when I was still in high school. And oh my God, I thought this was my life. And um, he was playing professional baseball. He was drafted by a team. And I just came back from seeing him for like three weeks. And oh my God, he calls me up one day and he tells me, you know, he has to break up with me. And he met some girl and he was madly in love. And that was the end of that. Oh gosh. Bull Durham. Total Bull Durham. It That's, was just that is Bull Durham. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't so even get to was... have your Ozzy and Harriet life, which, by the way, not that I'm like, you know, I'm maybe a generation or so removed from that show, but for those who don't know, Ozzy and Harriet was a very popular show in the beginnings of television. It, I believe, was the longest running. Uh, sitcom or show maybe it had 400 some episodes until the simpsons eclipsed it and uh they also uh one of their sons is one of my all-time favorite uh singers ricky nelson ricky nelson so were you uh first of all did you watch that show uh back in the day yeah because see i was actually i I'm, i'm skipping but i was raised by my mother who divorced my father and I really didn't see my father that much. And so 
I was raised in a very clean, very sheltered way. And so that type of a program to add on to what you were saying was very squeaky clean. So that's when I say like that 1940s, you know, two kids, white picket fence, getting married. I, I thought maybe I wanted to have like a part-time job to keep me busy and have dinner on the table for my husband and be a mommy. And I think that's lovely, but I, you know what? I have that very maternal side in me, but I, I don't know what happened. I ended up, um, going forward a few years. And I went to college a little bit here in Los Angeles, California is where I reside. And then I transferred to a school in London, England. And I lived out there for three years and that opened up a lot for me. But um, ironically, uh, okay, sounds like I've had a million boyfriends. Before <laughs> school, I was seeing somebody for a long time, but I decided to leave and go to school because we had broken up, but he was an entrepreneur. And what he used to do is he used to import clothing, like designer clothing. And at that time, instead of having a store, he used to put clothing in consignment or he would, uh, there, there was a trend that went on for a few years with indoor swap meets. They, they would be like huge, huge warehouses or huge, huge locations like a empty supermarket or like a Home Depot or something that was emptied out and vendors used to rent space every week. And so it was quite interesting because we actually had like a setup, like a little retail store selling all of this clothing. And he started to kind of pull away from that. And I just kind of went in there and I took over. But um I started really getting involved with that entrepreneur spirit around that time. And then I left to go to college to London, England. And that gave me my first real sense of being around a lot of non-American people. I studied obviously with British people. I studied with a lot of people from the Arab countries and Europe. It was a whole different thing. And, and that was very important to my life because that gave me a lot of flavor. It gave me um, a good sense of how different cultures are. And now I will tell you, I am in my early 50s, just so you can kind of put time to age. And I usually say this to a lot of people because I know that I look a little bit younger, but you have to understand each generation is a little bit different. The world is kind of a little bit different and definitely compared to when I was young, and you look at you know younger kids or younger adults, millennials now, it was a whole different mentality then. And that's where now I understand as I get older, when I look back at my parents or my grandparents, I'm like, oh my God, you're so disconnected. And that's really because life was just so different or simple. And we've kind of evolved as time has gone on. But when I went to school out in London, England, I, I learned how to deal with people differently. and. In my mother's business, uh, she was a single mom. I would find myself hanging out with her because, you know, she couldn't get babysitters. And she was in the real estate finance and real estate business. She had her own business. She didn't really work for anybody, you know, for the, the longest duration of her life. So I started learning from my mother, watching my mom, listening to her. And truthfully, I mean, I would say for probably 
no more than 20 years, women did not have a lot of money. They didn't have the wealth that they have now. And so I grew up with my mother working with a lot of men and living in Los Angeles, we call it the West side or kind of make it as more simple, like around the Beverly Hills-ish environment. Um, there's a lot of money, but it's a lot of money with men. So I had to learn how to work with men, work with men with money. And if I look young now, I really looked young for the large duration of my years. And now it works in my favor mm -hmm. Then it did not. And so it was very challenging. And so, you know, not to get into the woman versus man thing, but when you're dealing, I, I, I like to say uh, in the man's world, you have to know how to play it. And I really had to learn how to play it because I've had a lot of hard knocks because a lot of people did not take me seriously, but it was the few that really wanted to see me succeed. And they saw my perseverance and my determination. And I, I've had some help from some really good men. And um, I also worked around a lot of money when I came back from uh, London, England. And I, I ended up working in consulting, working in real estate sales. And that is really where I received the bulk of my money is getting involved with real estate. I also worked with my mother from time to time in development, joint ventures and financing deals. Um, my mother had passed, but before she passed, we actually worked on a couple of development projects, which was really exciting. And um, that allowed me to do most everything that I've ever done. And you know my, my background. So um, my interests are very diverse. That is kind of weird because usually someone who has a strong interest on this side doesn't have the ability to understand or really relate to something on that side. But I do. It's like the apple meets the orange. And it's like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> what is it? You know, let me, let me know them. Let me, you know, find out more. I'm interested. And it kind of grows from there. So I took some of the money and I actually got involved with the entertainment industry. I started working with a few of my clients from real estate that invited me in. Sweet, nice, naive little girl who had a lot of money let's make a movie together. So, okay, sure, why not? And I ended up opening up a production office uh, because I saw the logic of using my own people that I worked with rather than going outside. I also started a talent management company which became extremely successful and very well known in Hollywood. And I later sold that out. But I always dabbled in real estate because that's my family business. And so from there, uh, I got involved with working with mostly people who were not American because I understood the mentality. And because of my consulting and, you know, the, the relationships that I had with people of high net worth, it was very easy for me to build and build here in Los Angeles and also work in other states. And so... I think I've always had an attitude where if I didn't understand how to do something, I was always willing to learn. 
I always had the, if you want to say in a naive way, that's okay. But I always had the, the feeling and the ability to jump into the deep end and swim to shallow rather than start from shallow and work my way to the deep end or, or how other people say, you know, you can't build Rome in a day. My mentality is, yeah, but you can try or you start, you know, higher here. And if you can't quite, you know, figure it out or you don't fit there, okay, elevate yourself a little bit lower so you can rebuild the platform and go higher and higher. So that's my mentality. And I, and I, I love your mentality because it's a very resourceful mentality. It's a very uh, go-getter mentality. And that's something from just listening to your story here. It sounds like you had that within you from a very early age. Did you, like, did you know before you got into entrepreneurship the way you did that you just had that itch, you had that bug, like you just wanted to be no you're shaking your head no <laughs> no and i will tell you um if you know anything well no you, you're not going to know because the world is different now but when i got involved after i came back to america from studying i i, I honestly i couldn't find a job i had a lot of skills and at that time i, I had a lot of uh, not a lot but a fairly decent amount of entrepreneur skills. And I've always been, even though I was raised more naive, something snapped in me. And so I've always been a little bit more street smart, like someone looking in, because I've never been on the in crowd, but I've always been good looking in. So when I'm invited into that crowd, I know how to navigate it. But I'm always watching, you know, I'm always studying. And so when I came back here, in America, it was a time where we, they, they never called it a depression or like kind of like a mini recession. Um, I couldn't find work. And because I had the mother that I had, I had a wonderful mom, but she was very enterprising. She had high expectations from her two daughters. I, I was pressured a lot. Um, you know, also I, I had acted a little bit when I was younger. Um, when I was even younger than that, I used to model and I was in the best of the best locally. And also I, I traveled a little bit because that was a big bulk doing catalog modeling and stuff when I was a little girl. And I, I think a big part of how I was raised was I was pushed because my mother wanted me to have the experiences that she always wanted or she did not have. And so there was a part that was always difficult for me because I felt I had to excel and I had to impress my mom. And that's good, but it's also a problem in itself. So we have two women here that are very enterprising and one is the daughter, one is the mother, and I'm competing with my mom. And somewhere along the line, and my mom had passed, and I don't mean this badly because she can't defend it, but... I think she realized how smart I was compared to her because I just had all of the tools that she gave me and the resources. And I, I threw myself to grasp whatever knowledge about anything. And 
I ended up sharing contacts, sharing business. She's my mom. I loved her dearly. Um, we had complicated relationship. Not everything was perfect, but I wanted her to be part of pretty much everything. And if I didn't, you know, my Jewish mom would always kind of reel me in with a gift. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I was doing it for us, you know, right. She's family. And so I was hoping somehow in life I would become somebody because I wanted to give back whether she needed it or not, because she worked really hard to give her children something. But so, I just thought I would get married and have kids. So I don't know what happened, you know? <laughs> I, I think you actually do know, because uh, that was quite a uh, story there. And I tried not to jump in as much as I could. Um, I... God, that was so much. I don't even know if I know where to jump in. I mean, I guess that's I'll... okay. I'll make something more exciting for you. But how I really made the money is um, it, it was in real estate. But see, real estate industry on the sales perspective is very similar to the entertainment industry, the entertainment producing industry. And at the time when I was in my 20s and 30s, Hollywood was really Hollywood. You could not go anywhere on the street without seeing a celebrity. Mm -hmm. I mean, everybody lived here. Everybody was out. Today, it's like, you, you know, there's a lot of crazy people out there. And if you're a celebrity and you're well-known, it's like you have to go with someone. But you would see people in the grocery store, gas station. Um, people were reachable. Your social life, people would be out for dinner. You know, the clubs. In real estate at that time, the industry was your lifestyle. And I worked with a lot of celebrities. They, they actually embraced me because they're, they have characters that um, are a little bit less conservative in general. They embraced my youth. I have a little bit of quirkiness in me. Um, whereas if I was going to do business in Beverly Hills, I look so young. Who would believe that I ever owned, you know, a, a, a at that time, that was a lot of money, but like a million dollar house or, um, you know, just just having the knowledge. And I was this is really what my point was earlier is uh, at that time to work in a real estate company in the more upper affluent areas in Los Angeles or really anywhere was very difficult. They didn't just let you in. So today you can go to any real estate office you want anywhere and they'll give you a chance. But then that was not the case. It was very, very seasoned. A lot of old timers, people who used to own companies used to work for these offices and there was very little young people. And I say this all the time. It was like, I was one of the very, very few young females because everyone who was youth pretty much seemed like they were like gay and they were related to an older gay guy. They, they were like the boyfriend of the older gay guy and they helped them get into that industry. So I've had a lot of firsts and I've had a lot of things that happened to me young, but I think also what worked for me and I'll get off the topic is also I had a very old fashioned golden era look. And at that time, because the people were older in the industry, we used to have to dress up from head to toe. Everything had to be perfect. And I just fit. And I get along with old people. I have an old soul. And it just worked for me. And since I worked with celebrities, 
the celebrities used to tell me their secrets. Celebrities used to, you know, gravitate towards me and you would socialize with your clients. And so when I transcended then into entertainment, I could already relate because the process of buying a house, for example, is the same process of holding on to a script and trying to make it happen and turning it into a movie, which is the closure of a real estate transaction. So the steps were basically the same. So for me, it wasn't difficult, but there was a lot of hard knocks in real estate. I, sorry, in, in uh, the entertainment industry. I did write a book for people who were trying to aspire in the industry. It became a bestseller. And then um, that led me into other ventures. So, you know, I, for the long part, would suggest for anyone who's listening, if you have an open mind, I would just follow whatever opportunity within reason and see where it goes. Because I did that on a very naive level because I was young and I had a lot of money, but I was also stupid with it because <laughs> I have it at a time where my mentality was, I, I would say more intelligent or wise, you know what I mean? Right. But yeah, but it's not like now where, you know, excuse me, it's like, you know, oh my God, you listen to all these people and they're on social media and they're just like faking it till they make it. If they're even going to make, they bullshit so much. And yeah, it's we like- We talked about that a lot uh, before we even started. If you, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll let you talk, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, no, you go ahead. <laughs> no, I I totally understand because uh, I get where you're coming from. There's just so many people out there who are, uh, you know, not really qualified to be doing what they're doing, and you know, the fake it till you make it uh, mentality. I guess is what they have, but yeah, I guess the difference. Uh, between you know maybe somebody like them and somebody like you is that you actually have the skill i have the skills but i will tell you most of my life even today a lot of people don't believe that i have the past that i have you know when you get to a certain level or you work with a certain type of people you get used to it right so like if you meet someone kind meets kind like meets like it's easier to relate to the next one. So I've actually worked with a lot of really big celebrities. I've worked with dignitaries. I've worked with people that are on the highest level of different countries. I, I work with people and, and I'm a woman, remember? So it's like, you can sit there and say, okay, you know, 40, 50 years ago, this would have been difficult to achieve. Even for my age, I was always working with men. I would have loved to work with more entrepreneur women or business women. But, you know, at that time, most of the women were pretty much working for other people. I don't understand how to do that. And when I tried because I needed money or I was on hard times, I had to scrap whatever I was doing and I had to make some strong decisions. And when I tried to work for someone, I ended up getting fired because my brain doesn't work that way. And it was very short lived. It's like, I don't think I've ever worked for anyone longer than like a month or two. Mm -hmm. 
I want to build their company or they want me to build their company and I'm not willing to do it for another person. I have too much to give. And so as I got older, when you've been there and you've done that, it's actually a curse, but then it could be good. It's a curse because sometimes you have to be humble. And if you need to make money, you have to work for someone, but you have to position yourself not to get stuck or you'll be working there forever. But then, you know, it's also good because you have the drive to say, I'm going to fight this because this is not what I want for my life and just restart again. And I think that, you know, knowing my background and really a good point to your podcast is no matter how down you are or how something happened to you, you, you started a business and this is the wrong word, but it failed. It really didn't fail. It set you up for the next time to do better and be more successful. And there's that cliche. You learn from your failures. You learn for, from things that didn't work out right. And I'm spiritual. So I believe that when you don't have something that works your way, it's, there's a reason for that because it means that was what was not meant to be. And there's something better around the corner. You just have to kind of walk forward to get to the around the corner. So let me ask you, like, kind of go back a little bit. What do you think helped you to gain so much trust with all these, like, you know, high, uh, you know, I, I hate saying high-ranking people, but mm-hmm. highly influential people, because you said that, you know, these people were telling you their secrets and stuff like that. <laughs> Do you think that listening skills and your ability to be relatable, uh, what do you think uh, helped you to uh, gain that much trust and obviously it helped you to gain trust in your other business ventures and help you grow. What do you think was the key to all that? <laughs> the joke about it is, I think it's because, first of all, two strong quality traits that I have, whether they're good or bad, I sometimes lack having a filter. And the other one is the answer to your question. I was known to be the why girl. Oh, really? Why? Or how come? How come? You know, it's, it's like I was always asking the people that I was working with questions. Why? 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 How come? How come? How come? And I was doing it in an innocent way because genuinely I didn't understand separation between personal and professional. So I would merge into the other side. And I think also because, um, for example, working with men, I know a lot of their secrets because the fact that, yeah, when we were working on a professional level, there's a part of me that was different and they saw that. And usually I worked with a little bit men who were older in age and, and definitely more experienced. They would, they would, somehow for some reason confide in me and tell me their hopes and dreams and 
some of their stories of, you know, how hard they were working. I had to be like a therapist for some of these people. And I had to learn how to negotiate the information that I was taking in and put it back on track so I can have whatever the situation was that I was trying to obtain of closing a deal or, you know, uh, brokering something or just making something happen because I'm not here to be used. You know, I appreciate, but it's just not what I'm here for, but there was something about me that they trusted. Now, when someone trusts me, and this is the circumstance in a lot of things that I do in my business life, I appreciate that. I respect someone who will open up to me and tell me their fears and their secrets and everything. And I mean, I, I, I also, you can see with how I'm reacting, but I will keep a lot of this to my death because I really have worked with some extremely well-known people in politics and business, um, celebrities, and I, I just won't let the information go because they thought enough to trust me. And so I think that carries a lot of weight with me because I respect and I know I have that ability. And when you're trying to deal with someone who is less in finance or profession or um, lacks knowledge or just has some kind of weakness, like right now we're all going through something. I don't care how rich or poor, how established someone is, on every single magnitude, someone is going through something that's really heavy for them and very difficult for them to navigate. I'm the kind of person that if they share, I want people to have their success. And if I know an answer to something, I share it. I give them the shortcut because not everything has been perfect for me. I've had a lot of setbacks and I always knew. And even when I owned my companies and I had people working for me and I've always had usually people who were not paid, they're doing unpaid internships. I would always make sure that because they're doing something for me, they're helping me run my businesses. They're, they're helping me become successful. Um, they're, they're working for me for free, even though they want something for their resume. I always, always wanted them to take something home and take something. So if the day came, which usually happens in every situation and they leave me, they would be able to take some tools that I felt would be valuable in their career or their life with them walk out of my door. So as you uh, became more cognizant of all this, is this where your desire to become a coach and go in that direction a little more? Is that where that started to develop? Um, Well, I've been a consultant for a good part of my career, but that's similar to doing coaching. Um, I think this happened truthfully when my mom was ill and I started really learning things uh, at that time. Um, We'll just say, because my mom had lung cancer that spread to the brain. 
I, I started learning about the brain, what the abilities were because she had brain cancer and I won't get too much into it. It's a very screwed up type of cancer because you see the mental changes in someone that you used to know. And it's so far from the person who they used to be. And you also see on the other hand, how it's interesting that the brain makes the person act differently. Um, we're living in our body, but most people live day to day. They have no clue who they are or how they function. And, you know, this is also what I bring into my coaching, no matter what type of coaching I'm involved in is trying to get the person to understand what they're made of. You know, why, why you have the mood, why are you not achieving what your goal is? It starts from here and it definitely is attached to the body. So the, the brain helps the body and the body helps the brain. And when something is out of balance, it's gonna affect what we do, how we say things and our relationships. And I can go on and on. So to answer your question, I started to become more and more aware when I wanted to get out of the grind because I knew at that time, you know, I was phasing out of my entertainment companies. I was looking back on my life. I wasn't married. I didn't have children. Um, ironically, the girl who wanted to have children when she was really young ended up having children when she was in her early 40s. Wow. So, you know, it shows you what you expect in life or when you think that you're going to plan for things, it may not happen that way. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just things come when it does. And, you know, if you believe in a higher power, we have a route and we can make turns and turns will come when we expect it, but somehow we end up getting back on the road that we're supposed to take. And we can, you know, have little side journeys along the way, but what is supposed to be, I truly believe will be. And so um, when my mom was dying, I actually, was dating someone for a really long time and we were planning on getting married and I ended up getting pregnant. And so I look at it because the, the most two important things from my mother was to see her two girls get married and she wanted to spend time with her grandchildren. And this is a woman who worked her life away. You know, she became very successful, but it was out of necessity to take care of her kids with me. It was an option and a gift, but it was a choice because the generations changed. And so now with the, with the pregnancy, um, I basically looked at it like I'm losing my mom, but there's a reason for things. I started studying more and more, um, learning about the power of intention and I was losing it a little bit. So, you know, I was, I was trying to figure out how am I going to deal with this loss of my mom, who was like my best friend, even, even now it's, you know, it's been like 14 years and I'm, I'm choking up about it, but um, my mom is my everything. I have everything because of my mom and no matter what she may have done bad to me 
or the scars she may have given. She's given me the ability to live life the way that I need to live the life. And not to mention, because I love America. I am so grateful that I was born here and I live here because I don't think a woman can be as successful. And, and that has different meanings in any country other than this country. And I'm, I'm, I'm just, I love this country and I'm so grateful. But when I lost my mom, I know I wanted to slow down and make a change. And I knew it was coming, but I was also gonna have a baby. And so sometimes I feel a life is taken so another one can come through. And that was my focus. And I will tell you, if I, if I wasn't gonna have a baby and I just lost my mother, I don't know how my, my life would have ended out because that's a really big hole. And so my, my first child, I have two, my first child actually kind of filled that gap there. And, you know, it's, it's like anything else. We don't think about it at the time, but one, one thing comes along that could be horrific and it's hard to understand, but we're going to get past it because we always do. And it's going to be filled with something good. And so my belief system now has obviously gone through extended studies and education and certifications and different business opportunities and joint ventures and blah, blah, blah. But when you've been there and you've done that, you can't blame yourself for something not working out. You have to recognize things a little bit easier and just let it go and go on to the next and not be afraid of opportunity, even if the opportunity is different. As long as you have an interest in something, you should follow that interest and not let it make you scared. And that, that goes back to what I said earlier is jump in the deep end first, because even if you don't know how to swim and anybody who's listened to me on another podcast or public speak, I always say this, jump into the deep end, you will swim. Are you going to let yourself drown? You know, it's, it's a mind over matter and it's, it's the power of the mind that will allow you succeed. You just have to battle what's inside to get over it. And at that moment when you're swimming and you feel like you're going to just sink, you let yourself sink or you start paddling, even if you're not sure what to do, a little bit harder and you will be fine. So I studied more and more and I opened up a couple of businesses. Um, I, I have a um, couple of partnerships and uh, it is involved in mental health and hypnosis and health. And I implement uh, NLP. We were talking about NLP. I uh, lecture and I train people in corporate and also individuals in NLP. Mental health is obviously related into hypnosis. Hypnosis is related to NLP. Hypnosis is understanding and using your conscious and your subconscious. It's not like when you go to a amusement park or you're watching a television program where they put you into a, a trance and you're barking like a dog. Um, hypnosis is fascinating. In Europe, uh, especially the UK, it's a natural part of their medical profession and they use it to help alleviate or eliminate 
depression, anxiety. Uh, it helps most people, not all, but most people have successful outcomes with cancer, leukemia. Uh, it's your intention and your frame of mind. If you are negative and you need you know, some endurance and happiness, when you're happy, when you smile, when you laugh, it makes certain things in your body change over and rejuvenate. And the serotonin, everything just starts really, really changing over. And it calms down stress and anxiety. When all of these things start to layer, when you start understanding yourself and how to do these things, you'll have a happier self. And when you can have a happier self, you actually will have better relationships. Your negative talk will start changing positive. You'll start seeing things differently. You'll start interacting with people a lot better, more clear, and you'll actually have more successful outcomes, whether it's in your personal life and in your business life. And that's why you have all these people. And I know I'm mixing a lot in here that fake it till they make it because part of it is the intention and what they want to have in their life so they feel that they can talk this is going to come. It's a manifestation. And to a degree, I understand that. But when you're trying to make a living out of it and you haven't been there and done that or you don't really know what you're talking about, I, I don't think it's right. But um, you, you basically, at this time, um, have the ability, I lost my track there, but you have the ability. No, okay. And, you know, if I can go off a little bit, I, I think that um, when you are a little bit clearer about how your mind works and how it affects everything that we do, it is a lot easier for someone to succeed. And so, you know, if someone is, is got $100 in their pocket today, and they're going through everything that we're going through. I think right now there's more resources and there's more willingness from other people who want everyone to succeed because we don't have to judge each other at this time of life. And I think we have more compassion and definitely anyone who may not have ever had anything or someone who has less today has a very strong and a stronger chance to be successful and overcome everything that they may be going through because it's the power of intention. And all of these things are very important. I think we've come a long way, even in the last few years of understanding all of this. Um, if somebody out there, just to generalize, and I won't go through a list, but if they, they listen to Anthony Robbins, you know, Tony Robbins, right. um, he's been teaching hypnosis and NLP to all his crowds for generations. Until recently, he never really got into what he what method he's been using with NLP. But NLP is a modality of hypnosis. And, you know, he's been using it forever. I can go and sit and listen to Anthony Robbins, and I love him, but I'll listen to him. And I laugh now because I totally understand what he's doing and how he's doing it to the audience. But the audience most likely doesn't know. And it doesn't matter because he's not hurting anybody. You know, hypnosis or, you know, the, the methods of NLP. NLP is like neuro, linguistic is language, and programming is 
how someone communicates with each other and learning how to communicate effectively. Um, it, it's, it's amazing because like I said, you know, in America, there's certain areas like I'm in, I'm in California, so people understand it more, but um, hypnosis is an answer to a lot of things for people over traditional talk therapy. And it doesn't matter if it's just having a bad time in life and having a little bit extra stress or trying to quit smoking, or, you know, if you have a disorder or you have something really, really serious going on, drug addiction, cancer, it is so, so highly effective. But unfortunately, most people don't know it exists or knows what it was. And then sometimes they're like, oh, yeah, you're going to make me cluck like a chicken. You're going to control my mind. You're yeah, that's, that's kind of my view of it. Or it was, you're the third person I've already had on this show this year with this background. So it's really fascinating just to hear that, look, you know, we all have the fantasy in our minds about what we've been showing on a sitcom or whatever, but there's a real <laughs> purpose and a real science to it. Well, you know, it's really funny. Like I have that I have the two kids and the kids watch like Nickelodeon and the Disney channel and stuff like that. And, you know, because I'm in Hollywood, um, a lot of people in Hollywood, writers, producers, actors, actresses, you know, they, they all are into mental health and, you know, we got acupuncture, we got hypnosis, we got all of these holistic things going on. But it's really funny because when you watch a lot of this stuff, they talk about hypnosis mm -hmm. and talk about it now in a positive way. Right. So you have like these young kids that know what it is. And then their parents may not. It's hilarious. But if you are like a Trekkie, Star Trek, and I'm not big on Star Trek, but I'll watch it with my boys sometimes. And then I started realizing, oh, my God, I listen to them. And, you know, I'm, I'm highly trained in hypnosis. I'm one of the very top hypnotherapists in California. And my businesses are very successful. And especially the one for kids, you know, the parents know it. So I'm very grateful, but it's funny because it's like when you watch Star Trek, so much is based, it's, it's so progressive, you know, but it's right. like so much is, is science-based and they talk about hypnosis. Mm -hmm. They not say the word hypnosis, but so someone like me who understands so many modalities and you know, I, I mean, I had an extra yearish of training and I had to work with hundreds of hours before I can get, you know, graduate and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then, then my experience and everything. But it's like you start listening to this and it's like, oh, my God. But, you know, they, they don't usually teach hypnosis when you study psychology or, you know, mental health is like a lion uh, of. Mar uh, licensed marriage and family, or, you know, a lot of affiliated positions and accreditations in regular mental health. So it's, it's an extended education. 
And then you can go online and you can, you know, get a certification for $39.99 and study it for two hours. Right. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, oh, that, that drives me crazy. But, um, I, I would, I would check it out and open up your mind and consider it. It's not scary. It's, it's totally safe, but I'm telling you, it, it, it you, you can look up whatever you're going through online. And I wouldn't on one hand read everything and, and believe everything online, but you'll see from, it doesn't matter, Cambridge, Harvard, the finest hospitals in the United States, you know, Mayo Clinic, um, and any, any institution that's a major institution most likely will have a case study or more confirming that hypnotherapy is exceptionally exceptionally effective or definitely hypnosis with talk therapy hypnotherapy hypnotherapist there's a difference between a hypnotist someone who does hypnosis and a hypnotherapist exactly so, yeah so i i i mean uh cut you off on that because uh I've more or less given you the, well, unintentionally kind of gave you the keys. Every question I wanted to ask, you just covered it. So uh, <laughs> hopefully it doesn't feel. Sorry. Oh, no, no, don't apologize. I just hope it doesn't feel like uh, not a conversation because, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff I wanted to know, you just took it and went. So, uh I, I guess I, I thank you for that. <laughs> but uh, I, I really, at this point, because we talked so much about your story, which is an incredible story, I want to give you an opportunity to talk about where you're at now. And you went through everything so well. What exactly, I mean, I know you were talking about hypnotherapy. Like, what exactly is Jessica doing now now that like hollywood from what it sounds like is a little more in the rearview mirror even though you're still there but uh what what's life like now what's being an entrepreneur like for you now you really want to know no you know what absolutely <laughs> The bottom line of it is, is none of this means anything. It, it's, it, and, and to me, it's like, I am aware that I've done a lot and I'm proud. Um, I talk about it because it comes from my heart and I want people, if they're interested to learn uh, a shortcut or maybe I have something to say that resonates with them and they can use it in their own life in business or just in a personal life. So. I'm just like anybody else. I'm going through a lot of changes right now. My businesses are all changing. The way that they're conducted is changing. Um, I have multiple offices and basically I'm on Zoom and the phone and I don't even need any one of them. And so, you know, we're all trying to figure out and navigate where we're going. I'm in Los Angeles, so we're still, by the most part, still locked down in a way where um, business is not functioning properly. If you have your own office, you can go there. But if you have, you know, uh, you work for a company or, you know, you, you are somehow in a business that 
you need workers around you, you're working from home. So I'm very busy right now, but I'm making life, believe it or not, more simple. I'm still involved in the real estate community. I, I have also a internet business, a couple of startups that I'm you know, trying to develop with people. And I'm also involved with my coaching. And I have some training programs that will be available in a few months and then another one at the end of the year. And so I'm trying to basically teach people who are interested in business the importance of understanding themselves so they can be the best self and be very successful in the business. And with everything that I said today, I'm doing that because I have been there and done that and I know what I'm talking about and I'm saying that truthfully. I don't fake it till I make it. Not everything's been perfect. We all have our sad stories, but I've been so blessed to be able to do so much of what I wanted and what I never expected. I'm trying to give back and make things easier for a lot of people who would like to have a chance or want to start over. That's really where my mission is right now. And I have two wonderful boys and I'm really just trying to be the best self because I spent many years fighting and I'm not tired, but we're going into a new shift in our lifestyles in general. Our work environment is changing. And I'm just really interested to see where all of this is going to lead us. So I'm living really, you know, day by day. And I'm embracing, I think 2021 is going to be the best year. We, we all have a lot of negative stuff to say about 2020. We're still going through a lot of stuff, but 2021 for anyone who wanted to start something or be creative and take new chances, believe it or not, because it's slow now and people are willing to assist or help you is the best time. And so um, I'm, I'm just enjoying this. I'm already feeling what you're saying because I came in. So a little bit about my story. So I guess 2019, I really started getting the idea of starting a podcast. And I think I told you this story on our call a few weeks ago, but I really got into, uh, I, I got basically encouraged to make content online. I really enjoyed it. I made my content. People said you should think about a podcast. So I started that up. And right as I started that up, the pandemic hit. And I, you know, much like a lot of people, as positive as this was for me, I was still going through a lot of stuff. And I was going through so much that I needed to just pump the brakes on doing this for a little while and just kind of get my spirits back to where they are now, which yeah. is a lot more where I need to be, especially if I want to host a podcast. I don't want to be a downer. So <laughs> um, I'm already just the renewed spirit 
of this year coming in, like, obviously the way uh, I, I've got so many, like, inquiries for this podcast and everything else, like, I can already feel the energy is a little different. And uh, I do want to say that uh, going way back to what we were talking or what you were talking about earlier, one of the many things you were talking about, I'm a strong believer in everything happens for a reason. And mm-hmm. I think that kind of lesson comes with wisdom and comes with age. And I, for one, it's almost like you have to see how your life unfolded and look back a little bit and say, you know what? This happened for a reason. That happened for a reason. And you almost kind of like relax a little bit about like, okay, if A or B happens to me, it probably happened for a reason. I'll learn from it and I'll you know, regroup and get back on track. And I thought among all the great things you had to say, that I think was one of the better lessons that you uh, taught in our hour, a little over an hour already talking. (laughs) Thank you. But you know what, if I can lastly say, we are our worst enemies. And we have to understand that And a lot of us have to stop blaming ourselves and shaming ourselves to the point where we victimize ourselves. A lot of us come from a background that may not have been what we wished for and may have created damage, or so we think. But it's until we are willing to release those bad memories or circumstances in our life and embrace what's in front of us. You know, this is the one life that we know of right now. The world is ours to take. Everything, especially in America, so to speak, is free. And I I think you understand when I make that comment. We keep our own selves back. And we need to stop doing that. You know, in, in the holistic environment, mental health environment, coaching environment. We use a lot of metaphors, but um, we have to give ourselves some self-care and self-love and not blame ourselves to the point where we keep ourselves back and not be productive because it's the one life. Who we want to be is not who we need to be. You need to follow who you need to be and do what you can to achieve that goal in order to have happiness. Once you get this off the ground and you start seeing positive attributes to that, the rest will fall in a lot easier. And as you get older, like myself, my life is not over, but I look back and I realize, and it has nothing to do with everything that I may have done, or it's not a comparison to anybody else, but you have to start thinking about when you want to live your truth. Do you want to spend the rest of your life fighting, or do you want to start living life? Because life can live you, or you can stop 
and get off the hamster wheel and look into what you have done in the past and change things or just move past it and live life. There's a choice. I, I couldn't agree more. I think that is a great note to transition into, because frankly, I couldn't, much like everything else, I could not have said it better. So with all that being said, if somebody wants to work with you or learn more about you, how can they do that? Well, I am on social media, but my email address is the H T C office at gmail.com. And then I do have listings and I have the podcast. It's the Jessica Don Russell show. And hopefully you're going to guest with me. Absolutely. But I'm going to listen to you. I'm not going to do the talking. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. No, I, so when, as you were talking, I was thinking about, okay, I wanted to talk to you about London and what that was like. I didn't have to say a word. You just did it. Um, <laughs> you know, did you all, I did get to ask you about being an entrepreneur. I didn't have to ask you about hypnotherapy. You got into that mindfulness. Um, like, you know, obviously uh, the transition with your mom, which was a really powerful story. I mean, I, you did, <laughs> you, you did the work. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the funny thing about me is some people say I ramble or I never stop talking, but I do have this ability, if you noticed, I may get off track with something that you asked me because I'll touch up on it and then I'll lose track. I'll go in a totally different di direction and somehow it ends up going back in the full circle. So it's just something I don't even think about, but I have the ability of doing. So I don't know. It and could be I, a minutes later, but I'll eventually get there. And I have this uh, thing about me where I, I think when you were talking about people gravitating, uh, or maybe it was just me thinking about how people were gravitating towards you and trusting you, mm -hmm. I was thinking, you know, people, I feel, trust me a lot because I feel like I'm a really good listener. And mm -hmm. when I have guests on that are like you, that, you know, they're very confident and they know what they, you know, they're very like self, uh, what's the self-assured and, you know, uh, self-aware and, uh, you know, I, and they'll just talk. I had another guest a few weeks ago who they knew exactly what they wanted to talk about. And I'm like, okay, I got, I got hosts the show a little bit, but I'm going to let them talk because <laughs> everything they're saying is exactly what people I'm hoping will want to hear and want to know and yeah I mean if you're already uh, going on that track it's like well I'm gonna kick back and be a good listener and I feel like hopefully that's how I gain the trust so now I'm getting down a rabbit hole myself but uh that's okay but do you want me to tell you briefly personality wise 
when you are dealing with external people, they're usually people who talk and talk and talk. The internal people don't talk as much and they're usually the good listeners. So if you haven't noticed, I'm an external person. And see, I also have a lot of experience giving presentations and doing stuff on stage. So yeah, you were brilliant. <laughs> no, thank you. I appreciate it. But the reason why I'm saying that is, you know, when you're up there, there can't be too many pauses and too much silence. So it's like I, in my head, I'm used to going, 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 going. I have to remember when I do a podcast, not to be like, you know, some selfish pig. And oh, no, no. I was thinking, just <laughs> so just before we wrap, I was thinking that all along. I was like, she's a speaker. She's probably picturing herself up on stage. And I'm like, you know what? I, because I'm one of those people that I, I like to listen. I don't like to cut off and interject. Yeah. I want people to be able to say their things. So I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm staying out of this. She's saying all the right things. She went down a very important, very interesting story, which, uh, I mean, again, you know, you're coming at your story from an angle of not even this generation where it's easier to travel, it's easier to get to know people. I mean, you know, you did, you built all this up in an era where it wasn't fashionable to be an entrepreneur or at the very least it seemed that word entrepreneur that's a big word it's like yeah you know oh that's for people like i don't know we haven't name dropped anybody in this episode so maybe i won't name drop but pick pick your favorite like extremely wealthy entrepreneur and put mm -hmm. them in that sentence and that's probably what people envision is completely yeah. different so it was really interesting just to hear your perspective and your story and I mean thank you for taking the time out to be on the show I appreciate it you're very welcome but you know what for the people that are listening don't doubt yourself because the truth of the matter is I think with what we're going through we're, we're almost going into like a little bit, you know, over a year, a little less than a year and a half with this, look at how many people are sitting in their homes, whether they're doing podcasting for a career or just for fun, or they're actually doing their own job description from the house. They have learned so many skills and they have learned to be self-starters. What's a self-starter? It's a form of an entrepreneur. So people truthfully who may not even be thinking this way, but wish they could be more of an entrepreneur, you're already there, my sweets. And all you have to do is just take it and run and be the best you that you want to do and just run with it and just create it and just try to not let anybody stop you. And don't think that you can't start your own business. You can't because... A lot of people have just proven this right now with with how they're working. You know, and if you need an example, your host is that example. So, 
I am working towards that goal right now and working hard. I have a day job. I come home. I talk to amazing people like Jessica Dawn Russell. And, uh, you know, I, I couldn't have said that last part better. Don't doubt yourself. I spent way too many years doubting myself and up and down with uh, just what I was capable of. And as I've gotten older and I've dipped my toe in the water more and more, I've come to find that I'm actually capable of doing a heck of a lot. So with that wonderful note, I'm Mark Schmidt. This was, I almost said Gestica. Jessica Don Russell, <laughs> serial entrepreneur. And this was Mark by Words. We'll be back with a new episode soon. I thank you again, Jessica. And I am proud of us for not, with all the talk of Hollywood, not name dropping a single person. So, yeah. Until- I thank you for not going there because you know who we probably could have talked about if you did your homework. Um, it's been a it's been a crazy four years and I don't want to <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that we don't talk about any of that at all on this show. I I try to be as on non-political as I can. I'm already pretty much a middle of the road. I, I like to hear everybody's argument, which I guess is what makes me a good listener and I guess that is what makes me a podcaster. So, uh, especially for this show. So, uh, yeah, no, we won't name drop that. We're going to go on that note. So thanks for listening, everybody. Jessica, thanks again. And uh, I'll be back soon with a new episode. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.